B500 get into the wild card. 86 got the Phillies all the way to the World Series. He's to break it to you, man. I don't think it was your vision. People who go this podcast is perfectly named, I would say. I hate to make excuses for Sandy and the rest of the pitchers. No, you don't. You've been doing it all year. I do. I do hate it. I'm just going to say it. Fucking hitting bombs to fucking Diocho. Like, eject that to my veins. If that continues, there's no way we make the playoffs. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. It is June 1st, 2023. The Miami Marlins are one game over 500. And I'm kind of feeling like we got a chance at the division. I know everybody's going to say I'm crazy, and we're going to get into that in a little bit. But before we do, as always, I am rocking because this is how I'm feeling. A 1997 Miami Marlins, or Florida Marlins championship hat. You get it right. The Heat are in the finals, Stanley Cup finals for the Panthers, and the Marlins are looking pretty good. How are you doing, Spazzy? Doing all right. Um, I am wearing... The only Miami Heat attire that I have, which is for some reason a beanie. <laughs> so I'm wearing too a- hot under there. <laughs> no, well, bald as hell, so I'm all right. But I am <laughs> rocking the old school. Ooh. Look at that. Major League Baseball with the Black Marlins. So we're doing oh, all right in that department. Speaking of which, I- I'm sure you guys are excited for Sunday when we get some free jerseys and we go to the ballpark. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fuck yeah, man. Uh, so you have the option of the well, I what? Well, no, you don't have the option. It's a mystery yeah, yeah. bag, supposedly. Yep. Right, right. So it's the black and the teal, and uh, I'm hoping I get the black, uh, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I like about the that. teal. I like the teal. But you know what? I'm bringing my two kids, and they better get some jerseys also. I don't care if it's oversized. I bought four tickets. Give me four jerseys. I agree. How cool. you doing, Cali? I'm doing all right. I'm kind of uh, watching the Heat game kind of adjacently here because, you know, shout out to the South Florida sports, Miami Heat, uh, uh-huh. the Florida Ice Cats in their respective finals. Uh, June is going to absolutely assault my my watching schedule because it feels like it's every other night that every night that we got something going on every night almost. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's exciting fun time to be a South Florida sports fan. Uh, Heat are hanging in there with the Nuggets right now. It's the, the beginning of the second quarter still. But as far as my hat today, um, I'm an idiot. I should have worn one of my Panthers or Heat hat uh, to represent. But I've got my the, the stars and stripes on my head today, Team USA. Um, I've been lucky enough to once upon a time do some stuff for them. Uh, for like their 16U and 15U programs. Nice. Uh, yeah, lucky enough to, to you know, play in their tournaments and, and stuff like that. So um, my high school coach won a, won a gold medal with Team USA while I was playing. Um, you know, so a lot of connections. I, I, I You know, I don't, I don't go hard for Team USA in a lot of things, but for baseball, they've kind of won me over. So rocking the, the, the old school stars. The, the new logo is a little more updated than this. This is from, I don't know, 2000. 13 14ish so yeah you have been very patriotic this week i will say it's it's <laughs> if you know me that's that's 30, very it's <laughs> very out of character for me because i'm not necessarily a patriotic person per se and i'll just keep it at that but <laughs> yes yes with memorial day i did wear a team usa hat on monday and uh for for soccer the u.s national team hat and uh also u.s national uh, women's national team glasses that i have there you go. Um, and then for today, I was just looking for a hat. I grabbed the Stars and Stripes. Should have grabbed my Panthers hat because it's sick. Maybe I'll switch it when I when I have a moment to go grab it. 
Well, talking about Memorial Day weekend and just the weekend in general, the Angels Marlins series. Me and Spaz, we thought maybe we could pull two out of three. And then Callie said maybe one out of three. They ended up getting the sweep. I wasn't expecting that. Felt great. Uh, and then we went over here. We welcomed the Padres to Miami. That one, I think everybody more or less thought, okay, maybe we could take two out of that one. And that one we lost one, two. But all in all, four and two over the last six, two series. What are your main takeaways, Chris? I'm Chris. Sorry, I was just recording a different podcast. Uh, what are your main takeaways, Cali, from the last uh, two series? Oh, man. We, I mean, we kind of kept the trend up, you know, on the road against the Angels that we were hitting the ball hard, man. Um, mm-hmm. We had we had a lot of very good at-bats against the Angels. Um, pitching held up enough. That, that Saturday game got a little hairy, but man, you know, we, our pitchers did enough. We hit, we, what was it? 16 runs in three games. Got to love that. Uh, you know, a lot of home runs, uh, been doing the job, man. Like I, I was, I was impressed with the way we played. I think the angel series was, was maybe our best offensively that we've had, uh, this year so far. Uh, felt like a lot of guys hitting the ball hard, even even guys in the bottom of the order. So you know, Segura, Stallings, Fortes, uh, you know, those type of guys were were all having great at bats too. So I'm, I'm a fan. I loved it. And then for the Padres series, I mean, we we knew that was going to be a tough one. Um, the Padres, though, they have been kind of underperforming. They're still a team that hits. That Wednesday game, it, it felt like that was one we should have won. Um, or the the Wednesday game we we won. The Tuesday one, I'm sorry. Um, you know, it felt one like like you know we we were in there and then we kind of let it fall apart, and then you know yesterday third uh, or earlier today it was an absolute disaster. <laughs> well, uh, when it comes to the Angel series, on I think the biggest game right there on Saturday against Otani, I think that was the one game where I said we're gonna lose this game. Like yes, just, uh, right off the bat, I thought we we're gonna lose that game, and I want to say it was the very first at bat. Where uh, Jonathan Davis, I think he had a, a slow roller over to Otani, and Otani misplayed it, threw it past the first baseman. It was an error. Davis made it to second base, and then we that run that runner ended up scoring. And after that, I was like, you know what? Maybe we got a chance for the game to start the way it did, and then the way it ended, or not even ended. I think it was, was it Floro in the bottom of the ninth. We had Otani up to bat, Trout up to bat. And he somehow got out of that in the bottom of the ninth, and we still got that W. I think that Saturday win was a huge win, the way we, we kind of did that without Puck in the ninth. Um, and then that Padre series, you know, kind of what – it was tough because we thought that first game in the ninth inning, we, we were what? We were tied going into the ninth, and then all yeah. of a sudden the Padres just ran up the score. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was rough. So it was like good floor on Saturday and then bad floor on Tuesday. We need some consistency. But – that is what it is. We still four and two in those six games. Spaz, takeaways from the last two series. Um, no, I mean, uh, so I just started correcting. It was a Friday. The Otani game was on Friday. It was Friday, Saturday, okay. Sunday. But the the Friday game with Otani, like I figured that was the hump. That was like the the, the speed bump. So when I saw we started cruising, I was very excited. Uh, I uh, my boy DLC had four hits, I believe, uh, two or three RBIs. So, I mean, and he's been super hot. So once we started doing that and then, you know, getting his pitch count up, 
getting some hits, getting some runs in. And then, uh, you know, he wasn't doing much at the bat uh, at bat. So that was a nice way to start the series. And then the Padres game I met up with one of our guys from uh, inner Miami on uh, on the Tuesday on Tuesday. Cause that was, uh, that was Sandy day. Yeah. I was saying sure that I, I couldn't make it because, uh, cause I had graduation to attend. So yes, you had a, you had to work stuff. Yeah. I had work stuff. So I gave it to our boy, Andy. So he was a Padres fan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> But I will say for a, a Tuesday crowd, Sandy Day, it was it was a fucking nice crowd out there. For some reason Padres travel well, but there was a lot of them, but uh, including Andy, our homeboy. Um, but yeah, that loss sucked. I think uh, I was talking to him. It was like the eighth inning, and then I'm just like, yeah, no, I'm out. Um, we just had an issue with like they did not respect Stallings at all. Like they just kept running on Stallings, and we're just making mistakes or just they're getting the base at second base and that's it they just capitalized from there they were just spitting in his face and i i understand it dude like we just we we have to sit that guy send him into the sun like we we can't keep doing that even even on uh sandy day so and then today fucking sucked we had to have stallings come in and we have a position pitcher pitching which is fun when other teams do it not mine well i mean you're talking about stallings and how poorly he's played Nick Fortes has been coming up clutch. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with, with Fortes. I saw something he's like quadrupled his extra base hit total in like the last like week and a half or something like that. Well, and I think it was the first game against the Angels. We had the bases loaded. He's up to bat. If that's stalling, I'm expecting a double play ball. But yeah. he got the hit. He got the runs home. Like this kid is coming up clutch. And then he had that home run. The Not the home run. I'm sorry. The walk-off, the walk-off hit just, what was it? Was it? Tuesday. So yeah. That no, was sorry, Wednesday. That was Wednesday. 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 That was yesterday. So, so Nick Fortes, um, we need like Sandy's got to figure out a way to get comfortable with this guy. I don't know how it's gonna happen, but we need a lot more of him and a lot less of Stallings. I agree. Everyone on Twitter is like, fire him into the sun, and I'm like, yeah, just probably a nice guy, you know, a good, a good uh, guy to have in the locker room. But uh, nah, dude, I'm tired of it. Fuck that. Uh, Callie, Callie, your boy, Braxton. What are you thinking of Braxton? He was balling, and then he got pulled in the sixth inning. I thought a little early. It was 79 pitches in. I thought he was dealing, but he keeps getting pulled early. What are you thinking of Braxton? Um, I, I think Braxton continues to be maybe our most consistent pitcher. Um, he's he. I mean, his 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 line the other day was was staggering. What was it seven innings pitch, one earned run on the home run? Um. I think he had like eight strikeouts or something like that. Uh, you know, it it happens. You know, um, maybe 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 Skip thought he, his pitch count is just getting high, or he's you know he doesn't want to throw get him too deep into the season. I don't know because the one inconsistency I think Skip has is kind of how much he lets pitchers ride. It always feels like he either lets them ride too much or he pulls them like an inning too soon. So well, maybe with Braxton, it's it's the third time around the lineup that he just doesn't want him to. Yeah, I mean, maybe the analytics don't favor don't favor him three times around the lineup. You know, um, I for you know, I know they have access to that in a way that we don't. Right. Um, but yeah, Braxton's been he's been great, man. He's I have no complaints about him. Uh, his stuff is working great. He's he's a kid that I think he's established himself as as one of the five when everyone's healthy. Because I don't you know I don't know who's who's better than him right now, at least from you know top to bottom from the start till now. 
it's it's uh it's it's great. You know, I'm really really high on him. We need him to keep doing that because especially if if Sandy's kind of still he's you know it's kind of in his ebbs and flows. You know, Jesus Lazardo, we know is in his ebbs and flow. We don't know who we're getting whenever Cabrera decides to pay, uh, whenever Cabrera pitches. So to have the consistency of Garrett throwing every five days is is massive for us. Um, that's a guy that that we need to keep writing, and I I think. Uh, I think I, I think we need to enjoy it while it's happening because consistency like this doesn't last forever usually. When uh, when we talk about the five main pitchers at the moment, right? We're talking uh, Sandy Cabrera, Braxton, uh, Lizardo, and Perez. Those are the five. Yeah. Now outside of Perez, the other four have started eleven. Well, Lizardo now twelve with today's start, but they've basically started just about the same amount of games. If I were to ask you, who do you think in those 11 games, because they've all started 11 and Lazaro 12, who's allowed the least amount of hits? Who do you think it would be? I mean, I think it's our boy Braxton, right? No, it's uh-uh. not Braxton. Um, I'm going to say Cabrera. Yep. Eduardo Cabrera has allowed the least amount of hits. Now, if I were to ask you, who's allowed the least amount of runs? I'm going to go with Braxton. <laughs> I'm a, is it Braxton? It is Braxton. I was gonna say like I was gonna say Braxton, but then I think about that one uh the one game against the Braves where they hit like they, they put up like nine on him or something. Well, they let him out to die, really. Yeah, so but yeah, that All makes right. sense. Least amount of home runs. Least it's definitely not Braxton. No, definitely not Braxton. <laughs> um I mean I'll say Sandy because he gets hit hard, but it's not you know is it Sandy? It yeah. is Sandy. He has the least amount of home runs out of, the, on it, out of those fours. Uh, the least amount of walks, and I and I'm gonna Not throw Cabrera. one out there. <laughs> Not Cabrera. I was gonna Not say. Cabrera. Not Cabrera. <laughs> least amount of walks. I, I think Braxton. It is Braxton, okay. and then the most strikeouts, and this was, yeah, go ahead. The most strikeouts. Cabrera. Not Cabrera. Surprisingly, I thought it was Cabrera. Also, the most strikeouts is Lazardo with 78. And Cabrera second with 66. So all of those numbers more or less surprised me because I thought Sandy would be leading in a lot of those categories. Yeah. Sandy's just been off of it. Sandy so, has allowed the most runs out of all the pitchers. Oof. And I think it's by far. He's, so, he's, he's allowed 40 runs. The next highest is Lazardo. And after today, he's played an extra game. So it, it's rough. Sandy's had a rough go so far this year. Yeah, I, th- I think with the rule changes, and I think I touched on this last episode, um, I think that it favors hitters in a way that if, if you're a fastball-dominant guy, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a little tougher because, again, we can get timing down. You know you know when the pitcher has to engage. You know by when he has to go to the plate. So if you're sitting dead red fastball, it's a little easier to get the barrel out and, and, and put something on it. Um, and, fa- and Sandy's very much a fastball guy. Um, mm-hmm. But – you know, that it's, it's still, to me, it's not an excuse because you have to adjust. You make a lot of money, like, and you're a professional baseball player, like figure it the fuck out. Um, I'm not going to say I, I'm out on Sandy because as, I'm far from that, but it, we're getting to a point now that, uh, you know, he's got to make some adjustments. Things got to change because the trend with Sandy, and I think we've mentioned this before, is that he starts off great innings, you know, you know, one, two, three, and four are great. And then he gets, so we get to five or so. And then that ball starts leaving up. He starts getting left up. The, the slider starts getting left up. The two seam is running up by the hands, and it's all those pitches become very, very hittable. Um, so I don't, I don't know what the answer is. Um, 
you know, unfortunately with Sandy, that that's really upsetting. We do have a lot, you know, other guys like Lazardo, despite having a couple rough starts, like I think he's been very, he's been pretty good for us. He's been about what we expect. You know, Garrett clearly overperforming. You know, Yuri has been has been good for being a twenty year old fucking kid and playing major league baseball. And then Cabrera again, it's Russian roulette, like just who are we getting on what what day? But uh, Sandy's the cog in our, in our pitching in our pitching staff. If he's if he's not good, we're not good. For sure, okay. and he's he's averaging about six in, six and two thirds innings per start. So that's what he's averaging every time he starts. He's he's pitched sixty nine point one innings pitched, that's seventh most in the National League. You gonna say Spaz? Yeah, no. So it's kind of just to go back to what Kelly was saying about uh, Braxton and the whole uh, you know once it gets to the third third uh, batter. Yeah, uh, dude, aren't Sandy's numbers like fucking awful when it comes to the third time around? Like, yeah, well, compared to last year, he's doing yeah, much worse for sure. Yeah, so I mean, I don't understand why Brax is getting pulled early, and uh, maybe they're keeping his innings down or whatever it is, the pitches down, or maybe there's a, a fear of injury. We don't know what happens on the clubhouse, but fuck, I mean, one day I wouldn't mind pulling fucking Sandy early. I know he can throw 150 pitches if we let him. I don't want him yeah. to do that anymore. No, that's not. I, no, he no. Don't, don't, don't Johan Santana. Right? No. <laughs> no, no. But <laughs> you know Johan what I'm Santana saying? Like, like, he can easily throw 105 pitches. No problem. I don't want him to do that anymore. That's not. Yeah. And it, and unfortunately, our fucking bullpen has been, you know, working hard. And we don't have puck. And we're relying on some of these guys that are, you know, they're not pulling through as much. Well, puck is, puck is working his way back. And another yes, person is working their way back is Trevor Rogers. Yeah. Now. Spaz, where does Trevor Rogers fit? Do you think he's gonna crack the, the, the starting five rotation again, or would you leave him down in triple A for a while? Uh that's tough, dude. Um that's one guy that I was really hoping was gonna be like just an animal for a long time to come. And obviously we know what happened after the sticky stuff. Mm-hmm. I I wouldn't mind sending a Sending Cabrera down? I mean, not Cabrera. Um, El Otro. Yuri? Yeah, send Yuri down. You know, switch him up for a second and see what happens. Just because we never know who we're going to get with Yuri. So give Trevor a f- couple starts and see what happens. Uh, I, I love yeah. Yuri. I don't, want, I don't want Yuri to go So anywhere. Yeah, so so my theory is, um, and it's kind of what I mentioned, that, that Yuri was always going to be the stopgap until Trevor Rogers comes back. And while I think Yuri's good, you have to remember, like, at the end of the day, especially for the Marlins, it's a money game. And the Marlins are going to exhaust every single option they have on all those young guys as, as quickly. You know, they're, they're going to try and hold on to as many of those options as they can. Um, so it would make sense for them to send Yuri down and then, and then keep Rogers up, which is fine because you can, you can hold, you can bring Yuri up later again. You know, um, I think what we've learned is that we can trust Yuri in the bigs. You know, um, I don't think they, they send Cabrera down, unfortunately. Um, although, I, like me as a baseball, like we're talking purely baseball, I think he's the odd man out here. Um, and you guys also know I'm a big Rogers guy. I, I love Trevor Rogers. I love I love our our white boy lefties from the from the West. Um, but yeah, I think I think unfortunately Yuri would be the odd man out just because he is still young and he can still pitch a lot. He, he can throw get a lot of meaningful innings in the minors. Um. You know, and then you don't want to give them too much too soon. You know, you don't want to, you know, you don't want them stretching out into the dog days of summer for meaningless games against, you know, the Royals and stuff. Like, 
If anything, we send him down, we call him back up. Okay, now we're we're around five hundred. We're competing for a playoff spot now. That Yuri's a guy that can come up and he can he can replace somebody that's hurt or. You know, even stretch it out to like a six man in the rotation, like, you know, like those weird weekday, you know, weekday starts or, or someone has to skip a start type of thing. Like Yuri could be that guy, too. So I would like that, to be honest. That'd be really cool. Yeah, that's my thought. That's just yeah, yeah. like a baseball business perspective. But as the, right. as the Marlins operate, I think you're completely right. Like they would money wise and business wise they are like, yeah, no, send them down and bring up fucking Trevor Rogers. These are fucking major league pitcher. Yeah, and you have Rogers is also a first round pick of yours. Like you want yes. that guy, he's making first round money. You want that guy on the bump and getting as many opportunities as he can. You know, which is why unfortunately fucking Avi will probably have a spot whenever that happens. <laughs> yeah, because he's the highest paid fucking guy on our roster. Yeah, exactly. So as soon as he's healthy and back, you know that motherfucker is going to be standing in right field like a comienda. <laughs> and I want to get onto right field in a second, but with this Trevor Rogers thing, I um. I would leave him in AAA, or I'd bring him on as a long reliever. If I was gonna, if I was gonna take somebody out of the rotation right now, it would be Cabrera. I think Yuri has played very well. I, I wouldn't want to see him get taken out. I was looking at, I was comparing his first four starts to Sandy's first four starts, pro first starts as a, as a starting pitcher. Sandy was twenty two, Yuri is twenty. They were both two and one record wise. Uh, Sandy pitched twenty three innings, and Yuri has pitched nineteen innings. In those four starts, Sandy allowed 18 hits and six earned runs. Yuri's allowed 13 hits and six earned runs. Sandy, 17 Ks. Yuri, 19 Ks. Mm. Sandy walked 16 batters. Yuri's only walked 10 batters. I think, I mean, Yuri's putting up some serious numbers in his first four starts at the age of 20. Now, I get you. I don't think it would hurt him. To go back down to AAA, for example, and keep, you know, perfecting his craft, I guess you could say. But, I mean, if he's going to keep performing the way he is, I, I don't want to see him go anywhere. And I'm okay with Trevor Rogers being a long reliever or just staying in AAA. Or, or if anybody's going to move, I would I would move Cabrera. Yeah, I would too. From a baseball perspective, like I mentioned, yeah. I think Cabrera's yeah, got yeah. man out. It's just unfortunately, like especially with the Marlins, they count every penny. So I think they're going to just, you know, they're going to – they're going to use the option and and send Yuri back down which I think was always the plan anyways um you know you know you, 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 yeah you said that when he first came up you said that that's what you figured was going to happen yeah but so, I, I didn't expect him to look as good as he has yeah yeah I think I think everyone's a little surprised now I think projectability wise I think I think Yuri's ceiling is probably going to be higher than Sandy's yeah. um just the way he throws the way he the way he composes and, and not to say that Sandy doesn't compose himself well. He he's a very mild mannered person. They're, I guess they're more similar in that regard. But whereas Sandy, everything looks a little more methodical and kind of like you can tell he's practiced and worked on this a lot. With Yuri, it, it's a lot more like Jose in the sense that like he's just got it. He's just got that at it. Like you don't you don't know what it is, but it's like you know to quote Bull Durham, like you were born and the god put a thunderbolt in your right arm like that's that's kind of what happened with yuri you know he's just you really he's like got, bull durham huh oh, that's my favorite movie of all time like i, I will we can it's have an episode dedicated baseball movie I it's, a, it's i've the, never it's, watched it oh my god my god danny jesus go watch, to watch it look yeah. he, he brings it up so much i'm getting i think i, I brought like it up every episode to be honest after this <laughs> episode is over oh after the heat game's over also i am gonna put that on 
I need to find so out the streaming because I have to watch this movie. Cat so always brings up the baseball things, and I'm just like, Susan Sarandon and Tim Robbins met, and they fell in love, and, and they got married. And like, come on, <laughs> like it's a great, it's a great story. I but watch this. yeah, no, it's fantastic. Um, one of Kevin Costner's best roles, period. Yeah, but yeah. anyway, um, yeah, it, it's I, it, for me, Yuri kind of has that Jose factor that you just see him, and like, there's there's something about him. Yeah. That's really special. Whereas Sandy, again, is very methodical, you know, very, he's very composed, very organized, very orchestrated, which is a good thing. It's a good thing. Like Sandy's a, Sandy's a fucking pro in that regard, you know, but Yuri's kind of like that young and dumb. Like I'm going to go after the best and the baddest. Like I'm not fucking scared of anybody, you know, and you might hit a bomb off me, but I'm going to reset and I'm going to come back, you know, where again, Sandy's, you know, just kind of works through. You can you you can see him kind of trying to hit that perfect spot, trying right, to overdo right. it on a slider, trying to come high and tight on a two seam type of thing. Whereas you're just like, all right, you're calling what you're calling. I'm just gonna let it rip, and we're gonna see what happens. You know, which I love. So, well, I mean, that, that Skip has a decision to make for sure. Which and, is a great uh, problem to have for sure. But I, I really do hope that Yuri stays out there because I, I really like it, and I haven't had a chance to see him live yet. So. I got to at least see him live first before he gets uh, back down. Or it's we can a, make a drive to Jacksonville. Very, very, very cool to see him. I'm live. not opposed. Summertime, baby. I'm free. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to the other side of the ball. Let's. I wanted to talk about Gene Segura. Gene Segura. I wish Braxton was on, Branton was on here because Branton loves some, some Gene That's Segura. Boy. He, he's, he, boy. Branton needs to be leading the, the Gene Segura apology tour. <laughs> so on Wednesday... In the bottom of the ninth, he had that steal that came out of completely left field for me because I was not expecting that. That's a big that's that boy is thick. I was not expecting him to steal thick third way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he he got it done. And um and one other thing is he had to me one of my favorite bat flips I think I've ever seen in my life. Now I don't know if you guys caught this in the Angel series. And if you didn't, I'm going to play it right now. For those of you on YouTube, if you're on audio, I apologize. You can catch it on YouTube. I'm going to play this, this bat flip right quick. Right. Love it. He welcking somebody to get to me. Okay. Look at that. Look, I got look, something just, for you. I don't think I've ever seen What is that? What? It's not just a bat flip either. It's a bat flip with the skip. With it's, the skip. Like, I don't know what he was thinking, but I love it. That, that I love was, it. And in my mind, he was just throwing that at Branton. He knows Branton's somewhere in Orlando. I'm in Anaheim, Disneyland, Disney World. It all works, and I feel yeah. like that was directed directly at Branton. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of the more egregious bat flips, like comparable to like the Joey Bats, like walk off where he put the bat fucking a hundred feet in the air too. That was a, that was kind of an iconic moment. Um, but I love it, man. I'm all bro. I am all about the fucking bat flips. But that was that was like a single though. Like who flips their bat like that in a single? I'm here for a it. guy that's hitting two hundred, bro. <laughs> here for it he's like fuck i contributed finally let yeah. me fucking celebrate this moment that was that was that was something but hey look i I rather that than i don't know if you guys have seen josh donaldson you could look up his highlight reel of all the bat flips that he has on would-be home runs and they just missed by this much and they're all pop-ups and he uh, flips that bat and it's it's, it's it's a really embarrassing highlight video but you can catch that if, if you're listening go ahead youtube josh donaldson failed black flips it's, it's like it's a long video uh, but Gene Segura, playing much better. Love to see that. And Luis Arise is on pace for 208 hits. <laughs> now, the boy keeps balling. But my question is, what is more likely? 
Luis Arise getting the 200 hits or Cali's boy Solar Power and Lightning getting to 50 home runs. Because at the moment, Solar is on pace for 49 home runs and 101 RBIs. Which one do you guys think is more likely? Spaz, which one do you think is more likely? It's got to be the hits. It's got to be Luis Arise. You uh, think so? Yeah, yeah, man. That's okay. he, he, he can't. I mean, he is so fun to watch. And like when when he's on bait, I mean, when he's at the plate, I'm like, we're getting a fucking hit here, you know? And when he does it, I'm like, how the fuck did that not happen? But mm-hmm. yeah, no, I think, I think it's gotta be that. Uh, I do love, uh, you know, a solar bomb. That is, that is a whole lot of fun, but I, it's I, realistically, I think it's a rise. Did you see that bad, bad boy shirt? I need it so bad. I need it. Like I need oxygen. First of all, like, <laughs> well, they raffled one to like one fan, but I'm like, it, it, I, I don't know how, like, um, the copyright goes or any of that shit goes, but if they sold some of these shirts at the park, they would sell like crazy. Like well, if they, they, they could sell it if they wanted to. Yeah. I mean, we I don't, could, I don't know we could. Works, but they don't, I would buy that shirt in a second. Really, really fucking cool shirt. Yeah. And by yeah. the way, Luis Arise is leading the league in, uh, in average, like we kind of knew he would 382. So Cali, more likely solar 50 or uh, Arise 200. Um, so I'm going to say that it's easier to hit 50 home runs than it is to get 200 hits. Um, just because you could be in a slump again, you can be a two. Not if you're hit. Ichiro. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's true. But you could, you could, you can be a, you can be a 210, 220 hitter and hit 50 bombs conceivably. We see that all the yeah. time. We see it all the year. And that, you know, we may see George Solar have a, a 240 year with, you know, 50, 55 bombs and 110 RBIs, and I take that nine times out of ten. You know, well, it's funny you say that. Over the last week, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but over the last week, I think everybody would say over the last two series, Solar had a pretty good series. Yeah. You know, over the last series, he batted like 111. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, but that was like that... with like eight or nine strikeouts. Yeah, but then he hits that bomb, and we all forget about it. Yeah, right yeah, exactly. now, right now, Solar's hitting 249, 17 bombs, 35 RBI. He he's leading in almost every category, I think, except average and hits for us. Yeah. Um, and even then, hitting 249, he's fourth on our team in average, which is not good. But uh, he's third on our team in hits. Uh, let's see. He's third well, in doubles. After today's game, he went up to 143 average. So over the last two series, it was 143. Before today, it was 111. Yeah, he's 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 leading in, in RBI. I think he's leading in the walks too. Yeah, he's leading in the walks. So here's the thing. You can go in a slump and you can still run into home runs. Like you just mentioned, George Solar mm-hmm. hitting a, you know, a buck 11, but he hit four or five mm-hmm. bombs in the last couple mm-hmm. of weeks, in the last mm-hmm. two weeks or so. You know, Whereas Arise, we're seeing – an, we're seeing him have an astronomical season right now, man. But the fact of the matter is, let, let's see, Arise right now is hitting 382. Arise isn't finishing the season hitting 382. And no, if he does, I, if he does, I will eat. I will eat the crow live on on stream. Like if that motherfucker finishes, he's hitting 382. Well, what exactly is crow? So I can make sure I have it. It's a fucking bird, dude. But okay, that's why I wasn't sure. So I want to make sure. Okay, got it. I won't actually eat crow because I'm pretty sure that that has like disease and shit, but we'll, you know, we'll figure it out. <laughs> but 73 hits on the year, you know, to get to 200, I mean, we're, we're what we are, you know, about to get to 60 games. I mean, it's conceivable. It's certainly conceivable for him to do it, but again, he's going to go on slumps. You know, he's, he's gonna, he's going to taper off. The law of averages is going to set in eventually. 
you know, whereas again, Solder can keep hitting 249, 240, and hit 50 bombs, and it's not a crazy thing to think about. Yeah. You know, if you think about it, he's at he's at 17 bombs. He's almost halfway there already, and we have a lot. We have plenty of season left. He had one hell of a month though, because in the month of May, he had 12 home runs. Like, yeah, that's crazy. He, he, that's crazy. That, that was hot. Now that that's why I lean a little more towards what Spaz said because. I don't know if he can keep that streak going. Yeah, that's insane. Be- be- before May, he only had five home runs for that first month and a week or so. And then he just went crazy over the month of May. I don't know if he's going to keep that going. Um, I mean, and actually, now that I, I think about it, the month of May, he had 12 home runs, 25 RBIs. He batted 283. Is it conceivable to think that he could win player of the month? Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Fuck yeah. So sure, yeah. if he were to say hypothetically win player of the month, I, I think we all feel that Arise should have won it in April. You technically have the best player in April and the best player in May on this team. There's a reason why we're just slightly over 500, even though Sandy and Lazardo haven't necessarily been the aces that we expect them to be. So, I mean, look, all, all good problems, all good things. Yeah, I just, I, I mean, it's, again, for me, it's like, 200 hits is wild. Like to me, that's a wild. Like to me, 200 hits is like a little crazier than than 50 home runs. You know, because you have to do that through 162 games. You have to average more than a hit a game. That's hard to do. Uh, whereas again, Solar just has to find barrel. What are we have to hit 50? We're at you know 17. I'm not the math guy, but you know Solar just has to to run into contact. What is it? Thirty-three more times. Just run into, and he squares the ball up every time. He's a guy that's going to strike out, or he's going to hit it hard. Those are the two options. Right. You know, he's not exactly a guy that just rolls over to shortstop. He's a guy that's either going to smoke a line driver, uh, you know, a mile high pop up, or he's going to hit it out of the, he's going to hit it out of the yard, or he's going to strike out, and he's going to strike out a lot. But you know, it, it, to me, it's it's more conceivable that that Solar even just gets lucky thirty-three more times this year, whereas. Arise has to get 200 and 230 more hits. I mean, we could put or, some or 130 more hits. Let's put some money on it. <laughs> what money would you like well, to put, Spaz? <laughs> a $30 friendly bet. I bet you my inner Miami season tickets. You can <laughs> fucking have them. them. <laughs> <laughs> get them away from me. <laughs> Go ahead, Danny. Uh, no, I was going to say, and I was going to do the math real quick, but, uh, Luis Arise, um, led the league, the American league in batting average last year with 316 and he only got 173 hits. But what I'm wondering is that it, he only played 144 games. There you go, baby. So, so if he stays healthy, would he have gotten it is, is what I'm wondering. Yeah. But um, even, if he, even if he stays healthy, he's going to have days off. Like, you know, so let's, let's turn that. He's one. missed, he's missed six games so far this, no, yeah, six games, five games. He's missed five games so far this season. Yeah. So he's missed so, five games in the first 56. So yeah, he might miss 15 games in the year. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it, it becomes a little more conceivable that way, but again, it, it, that's, that's the idea that he just doesn't get hurt. He doesn't take an extra night off for a hammy or, or, you know, an ankle or something like that, you know, a uh, bruised shin, slid weird type of thing. It, it's it's asking for a lot. That's just my opinion. No, it is. It is. It is. 
And we see he we see guys hit 50 home runs a lot, not a lot, but pretty often, you know. And especially with the way the game's tailored now, like 50 50 home runs just doesn't seem crazy to me. Whereas 200 hits, like man, that's that's a big ask. Like, if Solar gets anywhere near those 50 home runs, is he a Marlin next year? I, I would hope. So. Ah, we trade him or something. I don't know. It's a scary thought. It just depends where our numbers are. Again, it always depends on where Solar also won't be super expensive, I don't think. Because well, it, if, I, he's a he's a power he's a power hitting righty that plays okay. Outfield. Yeah, but if you put him on a team that has men on base and he's also thir- he's also thirty one. Like he's not he's not a young chicken anymore either. Yeah, but I hate that shit because remember starting Marte, we didn't sign him because he was what, thirty three? And then he went to the Mets and became, you know, he was an all star and just fucking hitting over there. Like I'm not mad. I'm not mad at that though, man. Like this star, this Sterling sure Marte made a huge difference on this team. Like I don't think so. Look, he uh, he's he has one year left on his deal after this year, but it's a player option. And if he were to opt in, which he won't, if he's gonna get close to 50 home runs, he's gonna get paid. But he's due nine million dollars. But he's gonna opt out, so he's basically a free agent next year. Well. So, also, George Solar. You can extend them even before George Solar was in the uh, George Solar was in the Marlins. He lives down here, like he's Cuban. You know, his family's down here, so it's not crazy to think that he, the hometown he, discount. Not even the hometown discount. Like he picks up the option and he and he sticks around, and then you know, and then at thirty three, he's like, okay, now you ha- kind of have a decision to make. Like, you know, at thirty three, the type of player he is, you know. Unless he has like some sort of like Nelly Cruz type of, you know, just like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna make a career hitting DH and hitting 35 bombs a year type of thing, you know, you, you can ride that out for a little bit. But I don't think it's crazy to think that a guy like Solar would would want to stick around, considering he's always lived down here, his whole family's here. You're making nine million bucks, bro. Like at your age, with the type of player you are, like, it's not, that's not a, that's not insane. I mean, most players want to be here. Like, uh, who was the player we missed out on that wanted Castellanos. to come? Castellanos. We signed Solar because we didn't want to pay Castellanos. Right. We just don't have the money. We're broke boys. You know, we, we don't have the money for all that. But people want to be here. Yeah, we've seen it before. They, I mean, as, as like, quite frankly, as, like, a, a rich athlete, you know, especially if you're young, you know, like you make a lot of money, you live in a place like Miami, which is only enjoyable if you have a lot of money. You don't <laughs> get a state income tax or anything like that. Like if I'm an athlete, I want to fucking live in Miami too, you know. But I'm a teacher, so I'm a broke boy, so I can't afford to fucking live here. <laughs> but you know, so and we see it, we see it with it with the Heat and the Dolphins and stuff that we always have a superstar or someone that's coming in and wants to be around. But at baseball with the Marlins. That doesn't happen despite us having opportunities to bring guys in here because we won't fucking pay anybody. Like I what was that what was uh many Ramirez wanted to come here. We we're working out a trade, but we just didn't want to fucking pay his salary. And the Dodgers said, Oh, we'll fucking take it. And there it is. Guys want to be here, but we just don't pay guys to be here. Solar signed three years thirty six. Nick Castellano signed five years a hundred mil. So that was we the took, difference. We took the discount. But yeah. who's having the better year right now? I'm gonna just go on a little and say solar, but I, I haven't looked at the numbers for Castellanos. All right, so since we're talking about solar, been seeing him a lot on right at right field. Not a fan. Not a fan of him out on right field. He hasn't looked necessarily great. Spaz, what do you think of solar out on right field? <laughs> 
I think he can keep getting away with murder if he's going to be slamming the ball like that. <laughs> it gives him a longer leash. <laughs> so I was talking shit. Uh, Nick Solar, uh, Nick Castellanos hitting 290 right now, but he only has five bombs. So, you know, take that. Take that. How you I'll, will. I'll take the, the 18 bombs. <laughs> 17. And the discount. Uh, what, what, what do you think? And the discount. What do you, what do you think about Solrod and right field, Cali? Uh, he's he's not great in the outfield, but that's not what you're paying him for. Um, I think when whenever we have a fully healthy outfield, these guys gonna DH more often than not. Um, and I think we've seen that too. Like I I think that's evidenced in in how like it feels like Solar only plays right field when he has to, mm-hmm. and it feels like he DHs more often than he doesn't, which is fine well, by me. Like yeah, he's 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 mainly been DH. Yeah, so you know, yeah, he's you're gonna have to you're gonna have to kind of hide him in right field, and in the right park, it won't be it won't be an insane like right field in Marlins Park is pretty manageable. Um, it's there's nothing crazy. It's not like like a, you don't have like a Boston Pesky Pole or that weird wall in right field like a Petco or anything like that. Um, you know, it's a pretty it's pretty standard dimensions. Like anybody with a pulse can kind of play right field. You don't have like super deep gaps like like left center in in Marlins Park or anything that like Jazz or De La Cruz or anybody would have to deal with. So, you know, it's uh, it, it's fine in the right park in the right circumstance. You know, levy lefty heavy lineups that with with a guy throwing hard. You know, you you can put him right field. He's probably not going to see too much action those type of games. So, um, you know, it, it's fine. We're going to see him DH more often than not. All right. Well, when he was playing right field, I think it was Cooper that was playing DH. So we have Cooper and Guriel at first base. Right now, if you had a pick, who would you prefer to see consistently at first base? Guriel or Cooper? Oh, I mean, in those platoon situations, I mean, you go with the hot bat, and Guriel's a hot bat right now, man. Well, yeah, Guriel's... Cooper, Cooper's not looking too good over recently. No, man. He he hasn't really bounced back great from his uh from his from his injury. Um right now, Guriel's hitting 273. His OPS is 746. That's solid. Cooper's OPS is 65, hitting only 235. Uh, Coop still has the home run numbers, but I mean, they have the same they have the same amount of hits. But and and you know, but Coop has was it 21 more at bats? So you know, and Coop has and Coop has a ton of strikeouts. Where Guriel isn't a guy that strikes out a lot. So for me, right now. Guriel, Guriel's our guy, but you know, you, you said it earlier. I mean, uh, you go with the hotter bat, no matter what's going on. And Guriel has been kind of trying to fight for his spot, so I'm okay with leaving him on there. As much as I love Cooper, I'm a Cooper guy. White chocolate, fucking love him, but now nah, you got to go with Guriel, man. Like, he's he's been he's been doing his job. And Jesus Sanchez is supposed to be back soon, so Sanchez comes back, so he goes to right field. Does Jonathan Davis lose his job once Jazz comes back? I mean, I think he's looked good defensively. Yeah, but but he he's gonna lose. Yeah, yeah. J, I mean, Jay Jay Davis is he's not a long term solution by any stretch. He'll he'll probably stick around and be a bench guy. I think he's a solid bench guy to have. He's been he's been pretty good with us, which is great. You know, that's all you want. Um, I you know I don't I don't think you trade a prospect like Brady Allen and then DFA him after after Jazz and all these guys come back. Um, I think because they traded for a guy like him, someone's probably going to be out a lot longer than maybe we anticipated. Maybe that's Jazz. Maybe that's Avi. Who knows? 
Um, I think Sanchez isn't too far away from my from what I was seeing on Twitter, but he's not a bad guy to have around, especially since like a guy like Garrett Hampson's kind of like tapered off in terms of production yeah. and stuff like that. Um, you know, I, I I don't I just don't think they make that trade and and then DFA him or because he's, he's thirty he's what thirty two years old they're not yeah. sending him to the minors or anything like that like like I said defensively I think he's looked great and in the eight games he's played he's batting three oh eight on base percentage of four hundred OPS nine hundred you know he's walked four times he has a home run a triple an RBI I mean I think he solid production because when he came over here everybody assumed that with the bat he was just gonna be just a hole in the lineup, and he's been pretty decent. And then again, defensively, much better than what Gary Hansen was giving us over there in center field. So, I, like, I people have been waiting for him to fail uh, mm-hmm. because I think they see his career numbers, and mm-hmm. uh, I absolutely love that he's been fucking shutting everyone up. Mm-hmm. So, I would I would like to keep him around. Uh, you know, hopefully, there's a spot for him. But now, when when some people start coming back, unfortunately, he's not going to be on the starting lineup. But We'll see. I, I I have enjoyed him being around, though. So, Brian De La Cruz is batting 295 now. He's almost at 300. Mm-hmm. He has he is on fire yep. now. I, he's, I, I go ahead. He's been our best hitter, not named Luis Arise, like he without has. question. Yeah. Over the last week, he's batting 333, eight hits, two home runs, five RBIs. OPS of 990, like he's on fire. Hopefully, he can keep this going, especially with the uh, with the opposition that we have coming up the next two series. I I think we have a good shot of keeping our bats going. But before we get into that, I did have one more thing I wanted to bring up. Now that we brought up Brian uh, De La Cruz, obviously with Jazz out, we've been playing with the leadoff spot. If you could choose one person to consistently lead off. Who would it be? Brian De La Cruz has been doing it recently. I think he's done a pretty good job of it. Uh, I'll, I'll go to you first, Cali. Who would you have leading off? Um, I, I mean, it, taking Jazz out of the equation, I don't think there's a wrong answer between basically the two guys that are our options. Um, <laughs> you know, between Arise and De La Cruz. Um, I would probably lean Arise as the leadoff guy just because – uh, De La Cruz can definitely hit for power more than, than Arise. So you get a guy like Arise on base, you want a guy like, you know, De La Cruz behind him at some point that can that can put a ball in a gap or, or get it over a wall and, and bring in more runs. You know, I always want my power, my, my guys who can hit the ball over the fence hitting with guys that, that are on base. Uh, De La Cruz right now has seven bombs, so he, he's not exactly, you know, uh, you know, tearing down light poles and stuff like that but he's you know and he has it he does you know but he's what's second on our team in rbis like uh, that that's a guy I, I want hitting with uh and he doesn't walk a lot either so that's also kind of into that's in my consideration he only has 16 walks on the year um so yeah i'd probably lead off with a rise and then i i, I love them hitting solar second uh, sometimes with the rise behind them because yeah. they know a rise is gonna get might probably gonna get a hit, so you can't pitch around solar. He's been seeing a lot of pitches in the strike zone, yeah. I mean, I'm you know, I'm not gonna argue with Skip, I don't think there's a wrong way to do it, but I love the the combination of either a rise solar de la Cruz or de la Cruz solar arise to and you know, now that we're saying it out loud, 
De La Cruz makes a little more sense just because you know that Arise has a consistency to to get these guys in. Um, you know, Arise is, is he's not going to strike out a lot. Um, he's going to at least put the ball in play. So well, it's a small sample size, but Brian De La Cruz has let off this year three times, and in those three games, on base percentage of five hundred. Love that. Keep writing that. It's a game of numbers, on, baby. Keep running it. Exactly. You get on base half the time with Solar batting behind you and then a rise after him. Let's keep doing it because it, it, it's definitely working. The only other person with a, a high enough or, or a comparable on base percentage leading off would be a rise with eight games started at leadoff, also on base percentage of 500. So definitely one of those two guys, but I'm liking the De La Cruz, Solar, and uh, a rise lineup. Spaz. No, I mean, it, numbers-wise, you are you guys are my numbers guys. Uh, you know I'm not the numbers guys, but it uh, seems super interchangeable. You can go either or. Uh, I do prefer Arise uh, at first. And then Dela Cruz, uh, you know, second or whatever, Solar, that one, two, three. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it seems like either of them could really just go in there and do the job. So, but well, it seems our bats have woken up. Like, we've been hitting over – I mean, I know today was kind of rough, but for the most part – we have been hitting, and that wasn't supposed to be our strong suit, but I feel like we were looking pretty good with the, with the stick. Yeah, I, I think the the upset of the year for me is our lineup being pretty consistent, if anything. Like, we're, like scoring runs doesn't seem to be the issue for us. You know, I, I, I honestly, defense hasn't been great, and I think that that's a hard, huge part of it. And our rotation hasn't been as consistent as we thought it was going to be, you know. So I, I think those are kind of the, the the factors that are that we're kind of playing with here. I, I think our biggest issue is double play. <laughs> yeah, dude. Grounding into double plays. I think it's our biggest issue, if you ask me. Because we're getting hits. We're fourth in the National League in hits. Fourth in average. Like we're we're, we're getting hits. It's just. Hitting into those double play balls when we do get those outs, it kills the runners on base. Yeah. All oh. right. So, uh, we have the Oakland A's, the worst team in the league, Oof. and the Kansas City Royals, probably the second worst team in the league, yeah. coming up, both at home. If a team is doing bad and they're on a slump, the Oakland A's is who you want to see on the schedule. The Yankees were at one point last in the division. They had a four-game uh, series against the Oakland A's, beat them up, and started rolling. And that's just how we do it. And the Marlins not only have the benef benefit of the A's at home, but then to follow it up with the Royals, this is the moment where you make some breathing room between you and that 500 line. You have to win at least five of these games. Four, I think four should be worst case scenario. It has to be four and two, five and one, six and zero. Oh, sometimes a pipe dream because it's hard to, to to sweep series, but you you gotta come out strong in here. So I guess it's prediction time. So I'll start with you, Spaz. You know I like to start with you because you're Mister Positive. What are you That's thinking fine. about the next six? You know, A's shit. Royals at home. You know shit is bleak if I'm Mister Positive. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, dude, the A's just took two out of three from the Braves. So, like, as much as I want to kick their ass and all that, like, that's nothing to, you know, it's nothing to, like, uh, turn away from. Uh, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go with a sweep of the A's. 
And then the Royals, we take two out of three. Sweep the A's, two out of three on the Royals. Book it. So I'll go with so that. five and one. Five and one. I, I, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Go five what and one. What are you thinking, uh, Cali? All right. So where did I just have this? Come on, Cal. All right. So the Marlins have the second worst run differential in the National League. I'm proud at, of it. At negative 54. All right. The second worst in the National League. Oakland A's have the worst run differential in baseball by a mm-hmm. significant by mm-hmm. 125 runs they have a run differential of negative 195 the second worst run differential baseball is the Kansas City Royals the run differential of negative 70 all right it is imperative imperative that we that we dominate these two series. Like I'm, I'm okay with maybe not sweeping though. We have, I think we, 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 we have to sweep one of them. Um, you know, the Oakland A's have the fourth most strikeouts in baseball with, uh, with 535. Um, they have the worst batting average in baseball. They're hitting 219 as a team. Kansas, Kansas city Royals hitting 232 as a team. Uh, Oakland A's ha- only have an OPS of 652. Kansas City Royals only have an OPS of 681. Uh, power numbers, they're, you know, uh, let's see. They are better, both better than us. Kansas City Royals have 56 home runs. We have 54 for comparison. Oakland A's have 57, so, so not a lot of power numbers either. Um the separation is definitely going to be that their teams that they, they don't hit for average. They're not going to get a lot of guys on base. They're not going to hit for power. None of them have really very good pitching. A um, couple bats for Kansas City, I'd say, in like Bobby Witt and, and, and Pascatino. But, man, it, we have we have to sweep one. We have to take at least two from the other. I mean, it, it's easy to look at the A's and say we're going to sweep. That would, they're a run differential on how the numbers line up. Uh, I think we have – I think we have potential to sweep both of them. Genuinely. I genuinely, genuinely believe that. Um, um, I'm not going to go ahead and predict that. I'll, I'll probably say 5 one too. Uh, we have to, but we have to. Like, this is uh, this is where we can get some separation from 500. Like, if we can look back at this time next week and we're, what, 30? We're first place in the NL East, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're 34 and 29. Like, you know, we're, we're cooking, baby. We're cooking. We're cooking in June. The Marlins have the A's and the Royals coming up, the worst two teams in all of the major leagues. And the Braves have a game against the Diamondbacks, who I believe have the same record as the uh, as the Braves. And then they have a series against the Mets, which always play them tough. It's it's conceivable to think that if we can go five and one or six and zero oh against these two bad teams, that when we're recording next week on June 8th, that we're talking about the NL East leading Marlins. And I it's also conceivable. Yeah, I, I think it's also important to mention, and I'm, I don't want to put the cart before the horse here, that our next three series after the A's and the Royals are the White Sox, the Mariners, and the Nationals. You know, aside from... The Mariners have been picking it up. Yeah, but, you know, again, not great pitching. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're very inconsistent. The White Sox aren't good. They're in a full rebuild. The Nationals aren't good. 
Um, then we run into a couple tough ones between the Blue Jays, the Pirates, and the, and the Red Sox. But, um, you know, th- this is a huge opportunity for us to have a great June and go into July, if, you know, flirting with the top of the division at least and at least creating some separation in our record so that we're not dancing right out of 500 and we can we can get five six seven games over that and finish off the month that way that'd be massive for us hey, and and i'm not saying that we're gonna end the season no east champs but i'm saying and nobody expected it before the season that mid-june all of a sudden first place in the no east it's conceivable to think that the martins could be there if everything goes as planned spaz that's why I keep you guys around. You know, you 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 do the optimism. I do the pessimism. This all works out very, very well. <laughs> all right. Well, to, to keep going. Oh, go ahead. No, no. I'm very excited. I'm very excited for this series, and I, I can't wait to record next week already. Just see where we're at. <laughs> to keep going with the optimism, the, the A's have allowed by far the most home runs of any other team, 15 more than second place, which is the White Sox, which you play two series from now. And then they've walked by far the most batters of anybody, which is, I want to say, 34 more than second place. The A's are atrocious. And when I mean atrocious, I mean atrocious. The, so A's, also, the A's also have a team ERA of 6.63, and the Royals have a team ERA of, five, of 5.06. Solar, I'm putting it out, three bombs in the next two series. De La Cruz, two bombs. Arise is going to go yard once. I'm feeling it. Now, I will tell you, there is one thing to look out for. The Oakland A's attempt to steal bases more than almost any team in the major leagues. The only teams that attempt steals more are the Pirates and the Rays. All right, so we can't they, start or, we can't start stallings. <laughs> well, and that's where I was going to go. Our catchers will be tested because when they get on base, they do run. Only two teams have run. They've they've stolen 54 bases and they've gotten caught 14 times. Only the Rays and Pirates have attempted more steals. So they are aggressive on the bases. So that's something to look out for when Jacob Stallings is out there and then Fortes. They will be tested. Their arms will be tested. But again, I don't think that's enough to worry me too much. I think that we take at least five. I want to say six, but I'll play it safe like both of you and say five and one. We'll drop one either series. I would hope more to the Royals than to the A's because the A's we should just dominate. All right. Well, anything else for the people, Cali and uh, Spaz? Um, I think it's a great opportunity. These, these, the A this weekend, especially a lot of cool giveaways at the stadium. Uh, Get down there, man. It's a fun time to support the boys. Um, You know, it's encouraging. I, I was, I was seeing, during the Padres, kind of a midweek series like that, that, you know, the attendance was, was good for, I, for, I noticed the same thing. Yeah. You know, for, for Marlins, for, you know, for, for a random couple weekdays in the end of May, I think it's, I think it's great to see attendance kind of, you know, tapering up and uh, looking good. So let's get it out there. Let's keep the energy. We're in a very winnable games. It's, it's a great opportunity this weekend to see the Marlins playing some really good baseball. So, uh, make sure you get out there and also hey, support your local teams, man. It's heat in the finals is losing right now, but it's all right. Um, Panthers play tomorrow. Let, let's let's rally around the boys. We've got to be fans of everyone this these next couple weeks. Spaz. No, I totally agree. Uh, everyone get out to the park. Uh, the giveaway is going to be awesome. The black and teal jersey on Sunday. 
Uh, they're going to add a few extra items to the museum, to the Martin's Museum, uh, because of oh, Conine. Really? So that's going to be pretty cool. They're giving away, I think, a Conine pin one of the days, which is pretty cool. Um, so lots of cool giveaways. Support the boys, support the Heat, support, support the Panthers. And uh, hopefully next week we're talking about, uh, you know, two sweeps. But, you know, we're not going to say two sweeps, but hopefully. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening on YouTube. Like and subscribe if you haven't already. And for those listening on audio, five stars always helps. We appreciate you guys listening all the way to the end. And we will catch you next week when we're celebrating being first in the NL East. Until Woo. then, have a good one.